Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, why Sandown's future is looking even more secure. Jamie Wincup, confident Shane Van Gisbergen will love Gen 3. Supercar bosses open up and Lee Holdsworth confirms a new co-driver deal. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Well, there's more good news about the future of Sandown. But first, the return of the Adelaide 500 delivered a cracking finish to the Repco Supercars Championship. It was a fitting final farewell to Holden with Commodores winning both races. Chaz Mostert and Nick Perkett scored Walkinshaw and Dreddy United's first 1-2 on Saturday, then Mostert was a close runner-up on Sunday. Emotional results for the former Holden Racing team that defects to Ford next year. On Sunday, Brock Feeney broke through for his first main game win to end the Holden era in Australian touring car racing. Feeney replaced seven times champion Jamie Wincup and getting his name on the Adelaide 500 trophy rewarded his steady progress in the second half of the season. I think the second half's been better than the first half. Um, we've been more competitive, a lot closer to the front and probably more consistently in that top six, seven. So felt like the pace has been there. Um, just had that early podium in Tassie, which probably got everyone's hopes up, but... Um, no, I think we've been pretty strong uh, from probably Tail and Ben onwards. We've been in the mix. Um, Gold Coast was a tough one yesterday. Uh, yeah, came out and said it was my worst race because you know, I ended up in the fence twice and, and made a lot of mistakes. But I knew if I didn't make the mistakes today, we had a fast car and qualified reasonably well and then did a good lap in the shootout and it just sort of all fell into place. So... I think all the stars aligned today, but um, it's good to good to get the first win, the monkey off the back, and hopefully we can kickstart next year and on the right foot. Despite a messy weekend, Shane Van Gisbergen celebrated his third Supercars crown in style. His donuts, skids, and tyre smoking finish up against the track wall as he hopped out to grab the championship trophy rivaled Russell Engel's title-winning salute back in 2005. SVG remains adamant that next year's switch to Gen 3 will decide his future in supercars. Yes, yeah, I think so. Um, we've, we've had pretty good chats about extending, but, yeah, I, I want to ra- wait and race the car. Like, um, there's so much talk about what's going to happen and how it's going to be, and I honestly don't know. I haven't driven the car since April. wasn't great in April. They've made a lot of changes, probably positive, but for some reason, most of the established guys haven't been allowed to drive it or help develop it, which is fair, fine, whatever. But um, 
yeah, it's a big thing to commit to in the future if it's no good. But yeah, I really want Gen 3 to succeed. I want it to be awesome. I want the racing to be great. And, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to be part of it. The challenge is good. It's going to be very close next year. It'll hopefully bring the teams together. But yeah, hopefully it just makes good racing and then the series will go bonkers again. And that's what I'd really love to see. But um, It was a stellar debut season for Jamie Wincup as boss of Triple Eight, which swept the Drivers and Teams Championships and won 22 races. Wincup is confident he won't have to find a replacement for Van Gisbergen for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Shane's got a gig at Triple Eight for as, as long as he as, as long as he, he needs or or as long as he wants to, you know. So, but no one we don't uh, we don't employ or contract anybody who doesn't want to but doesn't want to be here. So, um, I'm, it's it's we, we're giving him the. The opportunity to experience Gen 3 um, to, to decide which way we're going to go but uh, I'm confident in the car we've Triple Eight has designed the car from the ground up um, we, we we're confident it's going to be a good thing to, to take three quarters of the aerodynamics off and um, you know to make the thing light fast noisy you know the cars look great um, I think it's going to be a good thing so I'm not not too concerned at this stage but it will be a big change and a lot of new stuff. Do you expect next year is going to be, well, it's going to be more difficult for your operation to repeat the astounding success you had this year? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's another challenge. We've um, we, we experienced plenty of challenges over the years, over the last 15 years. So uh, this is another one, which is fantastic. Keeps the engineering group alive. Um, gives us all a big carrot in front of us. No doubt, no doubt there's going to be some uh, some tough times. We're going to be burning the midnight oil at the start of next year, get, making our cars more competitive than everybody else. But um, that's that's... That's what means everything at the end of the day. You know, it's not yeah, it's not the bank account. It's not really the trophy cabinet. It's those times where you grind it out and try to and, and do absolutely everything you can to be better than uh, than the next guy or girl in pit lane. So uh, I'm looking forward to that challenge at the start of next year. So to the future of Sandown, which is looking good for another few years at least, as first revealed here a few months ago, the Sandown 500 is back next year as a two-driver endurance race. Now Supercars has confirmed it's planning to celebrate 60 years of touring car endurance races at Sandown in 2024. We also predicted that earlier this year. Supercars Supremo Shane Howard has revealed that negotiations are underway to keep racing at Sandown to 2025 and perhaps beyond. Look, yeah, I think yeah, going back to Sandown as an enduro, um, is a very good reason, um, not only for the show, um, and being the precursor to, to Bathurst, giving everybody to, uh, time in the car um, you know, for the for the co-drivers is a really good thing. I mean, it's always been the decision of the teams to who they start in the car. You know, if you ask me my preference, I, I would like to see you know the um, the primary drivers start start the race. That's I think that's you know really what the fans would like to see. Sandown's long-term future came up in a media roundtable discussion at the Adelaide 500. It was Howard's first get-together with key motorsport media since he took over as Supercar's CEO. He was joined by Head of Motorsport Adrian Burgess, who addressed the latest concerns about Gen 3 aero parity 
between the Chevrolet Camaro and Ford Mustang. Burgess conceded that homologation of both cars is still being finalised. I mean, the process isn't finished. The process is quite complex and long, and our parity process is over many pillars of parity. So until all of that homologation <coughs> process is finished, and we'll continue working with both the manufacturers and obviously supercars and the homologation team until we're all happy and the, and the process is actually finished. But we're working with them, uh, you know, we speak with them daily and it's the, the homologation of the car is over many factors and that isn't finished yet so the car isn't homologated. We've, we're ticking off a couple of the pillars of parity but it's an overall that gives us the car and gives us the close racing and they're all interlinked. So whilst aero is one part of it, there are other parts that feed into that same parity and we you know, we continue to, to work with them and work on the two cars to achieve that. Is it relevant to the process that Ford may have some concerns? Do you We're, care what they think? Well, of course we care what they think and we talk with them daily. But it's a, it's a process of many the other parts of the parity process need to come together for it all actually to make sense and then for both manufacturers and supercars to agree that the cars homologated. There's no interest in supercars signing off on something when we haven't got everything else lined up with it. So it's all, it's all interlinked. They're right? all interlinked it's and so that's part of the, that's only, people are unfortunately, the media hype is focusing on one part of the process but they, I need a couple other parts of the process to be finished and aligned and then they'll all actually make sense together. Burgess has no doubt that engine, aero and chassis parity will be achieved by the time teams start testing their race cars in January. Very confident in the process and we're very confident in the numbers but this is a bit of a journey that everybody's on. There are, there are other factors that, have, that we've been working through in our circuit testing that we're still finalising hand in hand with both the manufacturers that will just bring more confidence to the overall picture. And unfortunately at the moment we're all trying to look at the overall picture but we're still actually still making it. And it doesn't, that's not saying we're not organised or it's not saying we've run out of time, we haven't. It's just, you know, for example engines, I've got HPE, I think I've got six engines finished, production engines. They haven't actually been delivered to me yet so I haven't run through them all on the dyno to make sure they're all exactly the same. So in terms of setting that very final small number in terms of engine, I need to run production engines. There's no one or two development engines I can get a capture of what they are, but I need the production parts. And with that confidence and that being finalised, that will then just, it will bring the rest of the pieces of the jigsaw together. And that, that's all that Ford are talking to us about. And we're talking very openly and, and confidentially with them. We don't need a publicise it up and down a paddock but everyone is comfortable with the process and we're working together hand in hand to make sure we all come out of this with a car that we're all happy to homologate. Shane Howard is backing his technical chief but allows that the Gen 3 package won't be fully refined until well into next season. And you know I mean obviously we've done a lot of miles in the prototypes but that's that's not the intensity of racing either so you know, once you go racing and that, then then you do put a lot more stress and things on the cars as the teams tune them, etc. And the racing conditions, and yeah, there's always slight issues and they always evolve. I mean, look at Formula One. 
you know, the best engineering minds in the on on the globe. You know, they you know, they still they have issues to sort those cars out, right? That's what it's like. It's an engineering exercise, and it's not until you get into the cut and thrust of racing that you know there's always little things that will need to be tweaked. That's that's that's, that's racing. During the wide-ranging media briefing, Howard also confirmed that the dormant 26th entry won't be offered for sale until 2024 at the earliest. Yeah, well, there's a process in, in regard to, um, you know, if there was a consideration, consideration to sell the 26th uh, TRC, there's a, there's a process nominated for that. And, and the, that process uh, is not being triggered for 2023. He also confirmed that the other teams have a say in who gets that 26th entry until 2025. Another hot topic is a move to have main drivers start the Enduros, especially the Bathurst 1000, from next year. It's being discussed informally by the Supercars Commission. Shane Howard revealed he is in favour of the stars being forced to start the two driver events. It, you know, the teams take, obviously, they do it for strategy, right? And, um, you know, the, that, that race, as, as we know, as long as you're on the lead lap with like 20-odd laps to go, you're, you're in there with a shot. And um, the strategy plays out in that. So sometimes the strategy can actually make the race as well. Um, so there's pros and cons for it. But in my personal point of view would be I prefer to see our primary drivers start. The, the endurance races. And this is actually before the commission now, isn't it? It's been studied. Um, there hasn't been a decision made on it, but... Um, no, but it is being Has it been spoken about at commission, though? It, it has, but not, not in, in, a formal, uh, in a formal way. It's been discussed that, you know, that, that could be considered, and then it ha would, would have to be in, you know, go through a process with the commission and the board. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at Race Fuels. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. The other big farewell at the Adelaide 500 was for popular veteran Lee Holdsworth. Lethal Lee finished his full-time supercars career on a high note, helping Grove Racing to finish ahead of Erebus Motorsport in the team rankings. His team gave him a humorous send-off, getting him a mobility scooter and dressing him up as a senior citizen. Now, we've already reported that Holdsworth will return to WAU as a co-driver next year, and he confirmed that he has a deal for Sandown and Bathurst next year when I spoke with him about his time in supercars. Well, Lee, well done. Looking back on your career, are you pretty happy with what you've achieved? Uh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I've had... I've had a lot of lows throughout my time. Um, spent a lot of time in teams through development phases. But um, look, I, you know, I, 
I've been really lucky to be in here for 507 races and um, so far, you know, and and uh, and also to get a Bathurst win and a few wins here and there. Other than that, a few pole positions, um, you know, podiums and everything. So I've um, I've really enjoyed my time, and you know, I think I don't think you know if you got a hundred wins or or one win, you probably always look back thinking that you could have got more. Um, so I. You know, whilst in some ways there's there's a lot of disappointments, there's also um, a lot of a lot of achievements and, and a lot of rewards that came throughout that time as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy to step away from the sport um, with with the achievements that I've got, and um, and I think that you know I can still add to them over the next few years. Well, indeed, this is not the last time we're going to see you. You are coming back as a co-driver, aren't you? I am. Yep, definitely. So I'll come back for the good ones. And what's the plan? Well, we think we know. You, you, you've got a co-driver deal for at least next year, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got a, a co-driver deal. deal. Um, haven't obviously announced anything yet, so, uh, but I'm very happy with, uh, with how the future looks. And you'd expect to have a good few years to go as a co-driver, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%, you know, especially having a year on the sidelines and, and being able to step in and um, you know be competitive with Chaz um, last year is reassuring I guess that at least next year I'm going to be really competitive um, and I think you know looking at the guys like Tander and, um, and a few others that just keep coming back and, and showing great speed um, it's pretty promising that I, I feel like I've got another five at least years in me of, of really good driving. So um, I'm certainly not leaving this sport thinking that um, that I don't have any more to give. Um, I, I still feel like I'm driving as good as ever. So um, that's you know that, that's a good feeling. You know, moving forward, you know, I'm not I'm not leaving this sport because I'm running down the back. Oh, it's good that you're staying around and we'll see you later next year. And I've got to say, this mobility scooter, it suits you. <laughs> I thought they might have borrowed it of you. Yes. <laughs> yes, David Reynolds did say that. He's such a funny man. Good on you, Lee. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. It'll be no surprise whatsoever if Holdsworth wins the Barry Sheen Medal, Supercar's Best and Fairest Award, in recognition of his popularity and sportsmanship. As if there wasn't enough happening at the Adelaide 500, Repco announced it has extended its title sponsorships of the Supercars Championship and the Bathurst 1000 through 2028. According to Repco Chief Executive Wayne Bryant, Supercars is a natural fit for the automotive parts and accessories giant. We've, what we've essentially done is extended our current term by a further three years. So we were we committed to 2025. We had an option on the end of that. We've actually decided and worked with the guys at, Super, at Supercars to extend it by three years to 2028. And the primary reason for it is um, we want to start to make some more significant investments in our network uh, on all of our online properties, both in B2B and B2C. And to do that, what I talked to the guys about was it would be helpful if we had a longer runway to go on our current term. Uh, that way we can make those investments, strategic investments, partner with them for the long term and know that we can get a great return on that investment over the journey. Uh, and they're really all things that will help us work with supercars to build that brand and get really deeply integrated with Repco over that journey. So we take a long term view, Mark, rather than a short term 
view to these sorts of investments. So the benefit to Repco, is it actually measurable? Yeah, absolutely. So what we know from all of our research is that um, there's, there's probably three key, there's f probably four key stakeholder groups. There's our own people, uh, and what I'll just say about that is, you know, that's a little bit of an intangible, but part of attracting people to work in an auto parts business is to be involved in motorsport. They love their motorsport, they love their cars. So uh, that we can measure. Uh, and to just tell you the truth, we, we announced this just a minute before we went on air and the response from our teams has been incredible on our internal uh, social media pages. So it's um, really high engagement from our teams. The second group are our customers and we've got two different types of customers. We've got trade repairers who fix cars for a living and we've got DIY car enthusiasts. And both of those customers their number one favourite sport is motorsport and within that supercars is the strongest category. So again we can measure that through satisfaction surveys but also through our sales. We can look at, we can understand the profile of the customers shopping with us and the repeat purchases and their, uh, you know, Repco from an unprompted or prompted awareness perspective, all things we can measure and we've seen really strong growth in those measurements. And then the fourth stakeholder group is our suppliers and many of our suppliers are investing in the sport as well. So there's a really strong synergy there across all of those stakeholders. Repco, of course, as an auto automotive brand name has been around for a long time in different guises. These days, big in trade and retail. So since you've become so heavily involved in supercars, has that made Repco bigger? Have you sold more stuff to the trade and, and you know, to the guy on the street with his uh, car that he's repairing or servicing? Well you'd like to think so. We, um, the business is performing well uh, and has been now for a number of years but um, we obviously can't rest on our laurels. We've got to continue to invest in the brand, the marketing of the brand, the look and feel of our stores, our range. So you, you can't just attribute some of our success and our sales growth just to supercars but it's part of that whole package. So whether it's product or store or the people we hire and the branding exposure, it's the sum of all the parts really, Mark, and, and supercars is an important part of it. And do you like the competition? I mean, one of your major rivals um, still has a heavy involvement and, you know, yeah. famously or infamously, you, you squeeze that rival out of uh, prime sponsorship of the Bathos 1000. But is the competition in this realm working? Look, I think um, we all like a bit of healthy competition. Um, I have utmost respect for our competitors, but I don't spend my days and nights worrying too much about the competition. I stay focused on what we need to do to win and service our customers the best way we can. And that's that's what really drives us, not getting distracted by the competition. That said, um, you know, they invest a lot in the sport, and I think that's good for the sport as well. They've got cars out there on track, um, and, and, and you know, I think that's terrific for the category. Time for another short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, uh, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight you're listening to parked up plus and we're on the run to the checkered flag there was plenty of support racing action at the adelaide 500 declan fraser clinched the super two title nathan hearn wrapped up the tasman series 
and Yasser Shahin retained his GT crown. Finally, Boost Mobile boss Peter Adderton's public campaign to secure an entry for his own supercars team didn't convince supercars. Adderton is now working on running the Camaro he's buying from Triple Eight as a wild card in big events like the Newcastle 500, Bathurst 1000 and Gold Coast 500. He's also in talks with supercars about continuing boost backing of the Gold Coast 500. Supercars CEO Shane Howard confirms that a change to the wildcard rule ne rules next year to allow boost racing to run at multiple events is being discussed. Howard understands that Adderton is frustrated that he can't join the series full-time with his own new team and acknowledges that the outspoken telco boss is an asset to supercars as a sponsor. Yeah, I can to a degree. He wants to go racing, but um, you know, there's there's a very strict process that you, we have to, you know, administer for that. Um, just because you want to go racing and, and doesn't mean you can. Um, you, there's a process to do that, and you know, there's been a lot of uh, either wrecks or, or sold previously, um, and people have had opportunities to to buy them of existing teams. Um, the point that we've got a, a, you know, a TRC that's held by, by, by race or supercars board, then you know, they'll make the decision <coughs> on whether they you know, consider allocating that or not. But you know, it's always been, it's in the team's business model, they own the TRCs and they can sell them or if, if they want to. And, you know, I know it's frustrating for Peter, but you you, you just can't you know, get a TRC just because you want one. You have to go through the process. Peter's a very, very clever marketer and um, an activator, and he did a fantastic job um, on, the, on the Gold Coast 600. And he wants to go racing. You know, he's been involved in racing for a very long time. He's, he's been with a number of our teams as uh, a sponsor. Um, if you, you know, uh, Tickford, Walkinshaw, uh, Erebus. He wants to actually go racing himself and being you know, in, in, in charge of his own destiny. So that's a good thing. When you've got um, you know, someone like, like that, who's got a, a very good brand, and a very good marketer, and they want to be involved in your sport, that's a good thing. But we have to go through a, a process. And that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday, featuring a special guest to dissect the Adelaide 500 weekend. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening.